One of the state capital's biggest boosters of bicycles, Assemblymember Pat Fahey, introduced a handful of bills in November to promote safe bike riding in New York, as well as opportunities to bicycle. And the Albany Democrat joins us in the studio to discuss some of her proposals. Welcome back to the show, Assemblymember. Thank you, although I'm feeling very guilty I didn't bike down here today, but uh, thank you anyway. <laughs> well, we'll give you a pass since thank December. Thank you. It's December. So before we turn our attention to future legislative priorities dealing with bicycles, are there any new laws or policies adopted in recent years regarding either the rights of bicycle riders or access to biking opportunities that you want to highlight? I mean, for me, one of the things that seems to be dominating that discussion here in Albany is the complete streets designs, but maybe there's something else that you're pumped about. Well, complete streets, it took us a few years to get that through to help target some of the mar- what's called Marcus that goes uh, to localities, and to make sure that the complete streets design was really taken into consideration. And we just saw one of the first major projects was up in Saratoga. While that's not my assembly district, I'm thrilled to see, and we're hoping we're seeing more of that replicate. Right here locally, we know that New Scotland Avenue, right by the hospitals, just got bike lanes there, which we think will have traffic calming, Mm -hmm. but also lead to safety. But absolutely, the complete streets is only one small piece of it. We have more work to do. Yes, I have the Idaho Stop Bill that would also help, I think, with safety. But in the meantime, as you know, we just had four more pedestrian and cyclist deaths just in the last few weeks, mostly along the Central Avenue corridor here and in Colony. So we're making progress, but we have a lot more challenges, which is why I announced a whole package just a few weeks ago. Uh, And it's not just safety. It is about, in the end, it's also good business. It's good for the bottom line. We know when you can slow down traffic. We know when we get people on bikes and safe outdoor multi-use paths, they spend more money. It's, uh, it generates uh, small businesses as well. So it's good for business, but it's certainly good for our health. So one of the bills in your new package has to do with how communities can spend a so-called consolidated local highway assistance payments, better known as CHIPS, money that we typically think of as going towards local roads and bridge maintenance. So what is the overlap potentially that you want to see between bicycle riding and CHIPS money? Well, CHIPS money ends up as one of the most popular bipartisan pieces of the budget because it's so critical, right? Our, our roads and transportation, and we often have harsh winters, so it, the roads take a beating. Lots of bipartisan support to grow it. We spend, I think it's in the billions now mm-hmm. on chips, and it goes directly to localities, but it's often just for traditional roads. We've got to get into the 21st century. We've got to make sure that CHIPS funding includes bike lanes and these greenway trails or multi-use trail mileage. That will make a huge difference and remove the disincentives to building bike lanes and pedestrian paths and the incentives stay for the motorized vehicles. And in the end, it comes down to economics because the more we invest in bikes and pedestrian paths, we have an aging baby boomer population, and we know the Gen Z, they want walkable communities. So both ends of the age spectrum, walkable communities matter, and it will help with small business growth, which is very critical, especially here in upstate. When I think about chips, the common refrain that I'm used to hearing is just increase the amount of money for chips is what I hear from municipalities as well as highway superintendents. What are you hearing from 
localities as it pertains to expanding how they can spend this money? Is this something that emanates from municipalities where our local leaders telling you they'd like to have this sort of expanded authority? Not as many of the local leaders Mm -hmm. at this point, but we will be working with them. At the press event we held a few weeks ago, we had the AARP, we had the Heart Association, we had many different groups, Columbia County, Green Paths. She's been 37 years. Another woman has spent 20 years working on these bike paths and multi-use paths. So AARP understands that the Heart Association understands that we know in COVID the safest place to be was outdoors. But this one will be a battle. I think it's one of the most significant pieces of the package. But we know we've got to amend the CHIPS funding to make sure that people are thinking more creatively than just replacing or repaving a road. And sometimes it's paint. It literally can come down to paint. Instead of a county road that is 12 feet wide, making it 10 feet, actually, or 11 feet even, immediately calms the traffic without doing anything else and gives you more shoulder room for pedestrian and bike safety. I'm on alerts from all over the state on pedestrian and bike deaths. There's just often, there's just no reason. It's carelessness. So turning to another bill in your package, you have one addressing uh, right-of-ways in the case of a multi-use trail that crosses a roadway. What are the scenarios that you're envisioning here, and, and what sort of changes, technical or otherwise, do you want to see put into law? Well, it's taken years, but we've come a long way to having pedestrians often have right-of-way privileges in roadways, and you'll often see even the crossings and the markings. We want to make sure that bicycles also have that, particularly where you see these multi-use trails intersecting with a traditional roadway. So while we've made progress with pedestrians, we've got to give equal footing to cyclists. And I I should add, some of this is uh, we do see markings more prevalent and better. New York City has become very creative. Another part of this bill is to have uniformity among trail design specifications. Mm -hmm. So if we can get parks and recreations to also promulgate uniform design standards, we think that will help this issue as well. Because in many areas, we're, we're making progress with pedestrians, not that we still don't have pedestrian deaths, but we've got to do the same now with bicycles. And on that one, it would give right away to all trail users, especially in these crosswalks. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're discussing bicycling issues with Assemblymember Pat Fahey, an Albany area Democrat. So with this bill dealing with multi-use trails and the right-of-way for bicyclists, is this a situation where bicyclists could simply just keep pedaling along across the road without any consideration for cars that might be coming? Or would they still be required to dismount from their bicycle and, say, walk it across in order to maintain that right-of-way? Absolutely. Cyclists have to stop and they often have to stop. So it doesn't stop, uh, especially on roadways where it may be 45 miles an hour in, in some of our more rural areas. But it does, in certain cases, give them the right of way. But that doesn't mean somebody has to stop. I also have the Idaho stop bill. The Idaho stop bill means where you see somebody coming, you as a cyclist must stop. But when the roadway is clear, you can just yield. So it it really varies depending upon the roadway. If it's a traffic light, an actual traffic signal, 
you can treat it like a stop sign. So it, it really varies on the roadway, but there are many ways to make our roads more pedestrian and bike friendly. And again, it drives tourism. I just read a whole article about Charlotte, North Carolina, a three-mile path, three miles. We have a 750-mile one, but in three miles in Charlotte, North Carolina, an explosive growth there of businesses, small businesses along the path. So, And it's right in the heart of downtown Charlotte, North Carolina. So we know, and by the way, businesses help to build some of that trail. They've now even restored a trolley that had been vacant since 1938. So we know when we slow traffic, when we bring in millennials as well as the aging baby boomers, we bring in that street traffic, it's good for business. So it's good for the bottom line, but it's also good for our health and obviously the safety. Well, finally, on the right-of-way yielding issue, it's one thing to have the right-of-way. It's another thing to have the right-of-way and then have gotten hit by a car. It's not a lot of solace to say, yeah, I was in the right, but now I'm dead. So does it come with any sort of signage mandate or increased penalties to ensure that people actually are stopping if you were to make this the law of the land? At this point, no. There are no penalties because that's a difficult thing to do. As you know, we're trying to move away from any, especially financial penalties. Some of this is really awareness. Mm -hmm. I cross over from the legislative office building to the Capitol. You didn't jaywalk, did you? Motorists, no. But but when I am in that crosswalk, there is a very visibly marked crosswalk. Most motorists will slow down when they see me crossing. Others are just too busy flying down the street. It's possible uh, they know you, though. They might be Republicans looking to take you out. might be. That's right. Occasionally, maybe it might be somebody on purpose, but... The bottom line is there is more and more of an awareness. As you know, I also did the the bill for speed zones uh, where schools are. Mm-hmm. All of that was generated because of thousands of accidents in front of schools. So some of what this legislation does is really build legislation. Some of it is the uniformity. And some of it is to make sure that when you're talking about chips, repaving or even completely resurfacing a road, add in that safety for a pedestrian or a cyclist. The research is showing that all are safer. You can bring down the number of accidents even, just roadway car accidents, by having some of these creative traffic calming measures. And calming is the word used because it doesn't necessarily slow the traffic. It's just keeping people at the actual speed limit. We've all seen a lot of road rage, especially since COVID. Well, finally, I want to come back to the bill you've referenced a couple of times here, this Idaho stop bill, which passed the assembly and would require bicyclists to treat stop signs like a yield sign and treat a red light like a stop sign. And it's referred to as the Idaho bill because Idaho has a law like this. And in Idaho, as you mentioned in the floor debate, it led to a decrease in crashes once it was implemented there. But when I think about Idaho, it's a state with the largest municipality, which is smaller than seven other municipalities in New York State. So is this a case where you're looking to impose this practice throughout New York, or is this something that you want to limit to, say, smaller cities that are maybe Boise's size or tinier? 
That's a very good question. And the bill as it's written right now is to make a statewide change to have a stop sign be treated as a yield sign when you are uh, on a bike and a traffic light be treated as a stop sign. In other words, that you can keep moving as long as you see the intersection is clear, but the onus would still be on the cyclist to stop where they see traffic. What we're trying to do is encourage more cyclists. I know myself, when I, especially where I have a hill to climb, I need that momentum. Momentum matters. So I'm vigilant, especially when I'm biking in the city because it can be nerve-wracking. But I want that momentum. And that's intended to help people like me continue to bike and not feel like I have to come to a complete stop. I find it safer when I can jump ahead of the traffic at a traffic light. Bottom line is, though, None of this is easy, and in New York City, there is still some constant struggles, if you will, uh, on the roadways between cars, trucks, uh, delivered messengers, and pedestrians and regular cyclists. While we think it, 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 well, we know the studies are showing it's safer, we think we may need to exempt New York City if, uh, if we're to move the legislation because of concerns that it might not be enforceable. And all of these can be difficult to enforce. And as you know, we're struggling to enforce retail theft. So we don't need to add any more problems on enforcement. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Assemblymember Pat Fahey. She is an Albany area Democrat. Assemblymember, thank you so much for visiting us. Thank you for having me. For more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.